we have a faithful God. You know, that, that last song is really going to lead us right into uh, the lesson today. Um, trials, the goodness of God, um, preparedness, preparedness. I think if, you, if anybody's turned on the uh, television or watched any kind of news and any kind of media, and I'm not going over all the bullets and the good and the bads and all that, but preparedness and, and trials, those are, those are a couple of words that are pretty functional nowadays. And so th- those are, that's just something I wanted to, to talk about and, um, and share with some, some scripture uh, with you. Uh, at my house, we do a lot. We're, everybody's, I'm sure everybody's probably doing some sort of gardening at some level, whether it be a salsa garden or acres of corn, if you do so, let me know. But uh, it, we have this idea of this, this harvest, this idea that we, are, um, we put away foods for a, a, a later day and... Um, and at some level, we do some sort of functional prepping, you know, preparing for bad times. And I, was, I looked up that word, prepping, the definition of uh, the practice of making active preparations for possible catastrophic disaster or emergency, typically by stockpiling food, ammunition, and other supplies. But these don't really address the problems that we deal with day to day, do they? I mean, you think about trials. Now, everybody can think of a trial they most recently went through. Right? I mean, everybody, I think of a trial they're going through right now, they just went through or about to go into, and they've got low anxiety about. And those things I just listed with preparedness, has, it's not going to address any of those problems, is it? And it's something more on the spiritual preparedness that we need to be ta- discussing here. And that's what, that, that, that's what we're here for today. Um, emotional, spiritual attacks, uh, the, world's wish, uh, the world wish it was that easy, you know, it, a loved one, um, you, you know, a, a distraught relationship with a loved one. Um, I wish it was a matter of just get, providing more food would, would fix that relationship or um, some sort of spiritual warfare. I wish it was a matter of supplies could, could save me from that. But it, it's not. And that's what the world needs you to believe, that you've got to buy more, you've got to do something, you've got to buy a bigger house, you've got to do something. And it's not. It it's really comes through a relationship with the Lord. Um, well, let's pray, and then I'll, we'll get into what I'm talking about, um, what the Lord's been speaking to us. So let's bow our heads. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just we thank you for t- uh, your word, Lord. Uh, we pray that as we read through Psalms 41, Lord, that you would um, soften hearts and, and, and open each and every one of our hearts, Lord, to um, hear what David's sharing, Lord, and, and help that, to speak that into our lives, Lord, and, and maybe we can relate to it and um, share your word in that matter and, and improve our walk, Lord. So. Uh, we lift uh, the study up to you, Lord. We pray that your message is heard. In your name we pray. Amen. As I said, we're going to be in Psalms 41, but I want to share something from 1 Peter and, uh, and James real quick from you. 1 Peter 1, six, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Various trials. I mean, we're going to be grieved by a great deal of trials from coming from all angles in our life. And then James 1.2 says, My brethren, count it all a joy when you fall into various trials. We can expect trials every day. And, and, and if you've been part of the servant circles, you know, the more you serve, the more you seek after the Lord, you can expect to be attacked more. And so those are kind of the two verses I want us to keep in mind as we go through Psalms 41. So if you go ahead and change to, uh, uh, follow me in Psalms 41, I'm going to go ahead and read through it, and then we'll go uh, hit it line by line. Put my eyes on talk about preparedness psalms 41 to the chief musician a psalm of david 
Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? And if he comes to me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers inequity, iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Even my own familiar friend whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me, because my enemy does, my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. For all of David's shortcomings, um, I, what I love about him is how passionate he is about God. Now, granted, there's probably a, a great trial that he put upon himself, right? And oftentimes, the trials are usually from, come from our own sin, and in no case has that been more prevalent with, with David. But in, in a time, especially in the Old Testament, we talk, you read about mighty men. You know, passion sometimes I relate to emotion, but passionate about God and a passionate fervency that uh, David has for the Lord. And we go back to Psalms 41.1, to the chief musician, Psalm of David, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in a time of trouble. And there's many Bible verses that relate to the poor found throughout Psalms and Proverbs. For most of us, I think it's easier to relate to people in that are in need because we can also relate to being in a type of need or feeling powerless. I also don't think this isn't a person who is poor in spirit, but a person who is just poor in poverty. The Bible says, He that lends to the poor lends to the Lord. We should be concerned with those who are poor. The Lord will deliver him in a time of trouble. That is given to us throughout Scripture. The Lord looks graciously on those who remember the less fortunate, speaking specifically of the orphan and the widow. Going back to he that lends to the poor lends to the Lord. We're talking about, you know, I guess those supplies, those provisions, but it's also our prayers. You know, one of the things that we do every service or every time we're meeting or every time Thursdays when we're doing our prayer meeting, we're lifting up others in a time of need. We're lending everything that we have. The first and foremost is our prayers. And that, that, that's the first thing that jumped out to me. And, and you're thinking about David. How is David, who was, who was a king, how is he relating to this? Well, right now in this situation, he's associating with them. He relates to them in that he's powerless. I mean, you think about your, the trials we go through. Our mortgage is paid for, our car, all of our bills are paid for. But then we have a relation, relationship crumbled that we, we value or we're being attacked by our loved ones, how powerless do we feel? 
or maybe when we feel like we've fallen out of the grace of the Lord or we're feeling we're being taxed spiritually, how much, how powerless do we feel? And I think that's really what, what David's really just praying to the Lord, is coming to the Lord, and that's the first thing we need to be doing. In Psalms 41, too, continue reading, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. And Isaiah 62, 5, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. If you are a believer, if you are a believer in the Lord, is not going to deliver you unto your enemies. And David wholeheartedly believed that. Regardless if he was hiding in the cave or where he was, who he was running from, I really believe, God being the fervent servant of the Lord, believed that the Lord would always deliver him from his enemies' hands. And 41.3, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain, you will sustain him on his sickbed or restore him. The idea is that you will, you will restore the health, and then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The Lord has you, and he will protect you. If you're a child of God, the Lord will protect you. And that's something that we need to be praying about. I mean, every time we, we, we seek out the Lord in prayer, we, we, we recognize who he is. We confess our sins. And we, we thank him for all the things that he has. And before we bring in our petitions to him. I mean, some of you are going through a trial right now, but you're here, right? We have our lives, and we can still read his word, and we still sing his praises. 41.4, I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. That confession part is so important of our prayer walk, our prayer life. Confessing our sins. David begins to talk about suffering and betrayal. Heal my soul, he says, Lord. He feels his affliction deep within him, not just within his, not just within his body, but his spirit. For I have sinned against you. He admits his sin. Sometimes when we're praying, we, we talk about praying for our enemy. In our prayer night, we talk about praying for our enemy whether it be political or international or our neighbor or sometimes our family, we need to be praying for enemies. But before we do that, we have to recognize our own sin. We have to confess our sin. And I tell you, if you practice that, it'll change your heart and your approach to those you view as your enemies. And then that thing starts to creep back into you that the Lord teaches us all the time, that grace and love. 41.5, my enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? David is definitely in a sad state. He was harassed by his enemies, and they were very bitter enemies, and they were just waiting for him to die his, and for his name, his whole, when we think about his name, to perish. If you think about any time we lift someone up in prayer, or if one of us falls ill or someone gets an accident, we have this whole church body that's going to be lifting us up in prayer. At this point in David's life, the quite opposite was happening. People were praying and waiting to rejoice for his death. That's the state he was in. It doesn't matter how rich he was or how much fame he had. All that stuff has gone away. And who is he seeking after? He's seeking after the Lord. He's trusting in the Lord. 41.6 And if he comes to see me, he speaks lies or empty words. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out and he tells it, um, when the people, 
when the people came, they pretended to, to, pretended to care. Uh, they were phony. They did not really care. They were le uh, leaving saying, it is about time. The king's going to die. These are the real trials. Again, how does one prepare for this? Again, no kinds of emergency action plans or any other worldly preparedness will guard you against this. Well, I was talking about, you know, we, um, we've been doing all I can. And when I say we, I mean my wife. Um, I just shake my head and say, that sounds good. I like peaches. Can them. Um, but I think about any trial that's really affected me deep in my soul, I would, in a minute, I would exchange all those jar jars of peaches just to take that trial away. But that's not how it work, works, is it? You know, I would go with, I would, I would fast for seven days. My wife's rolling her eyes right now. I don't even, if I could take away some of these trials that I have to go through. But being a believer and seeing the value of some of those trials and the things that the Lord teaches me through those trials, you know, I shrug my shoulders. I had to go through that. And every time me and my wife go through a trial, just within our relationship, I see the growth in every time of that. And every time the Lord puts me through a trial or I put myself through a trial, the Lord sees me through it, I grow. So those are important, but you're not going to see that value unless you're coming to the Lord first. 41.7, all, all who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise to plot against my heart. He's talking about the traitors and their conversation and the plotting against him. And then 41.8, an evil disease, a thing of Belial, uh, they say clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. David apparently was deathly sick. Uh, they are rejoicing, saying, he will rise no more. He is done. Only through the grace of God can he come through this. Can you imagine being deathly ill and people wanting to hope for your death? I, I talked about that earlier. Um, you know, yes, I, I, it does bless my heart whenever I hear somebody, you know, talk about they're praying for me or, you know, Ed was just prayed for me just before we walked in here. And that, that always blesses me and it, it, it helps uh, um, gives me confidence in the Lord and to be surrounded with believers. But, you know, sometimes you've got to pay attention with the, those that you surround yourself with. You know, if you're going to be surrounding yourself with people of the world, you, you're going to get a lot of this. If you hear somebody, you know, I always hear this all the time. If, if, they're, if they're gossiping with you about somebody else, they're also gossiping about you. So you've got, you got to, you know, surround yourself with believers. This is what David was dealing with. And that's not to say that we, we can't be that way. I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty, plenty of instances that we've all fallen short. But, you know, we've got to be surrounding ourselves with people that's part of the body. In Psalms 41.9, Even my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. It is a prophecy concerning Athapel, if I butcher that name up, but forgive me, a close friend, a gifted, valued counselor of David's. Athapel remains bitter at David because David's violating Bathsheba, Athapel's granddaughter. We see bitterness destroying Athapel now as painful as this is for David. I think, it was, it was, I think this is a great example of how we are victims, to, so to speak, of our own sin. Um, another feather in the hat for how important it is for us to um, repent for our sins. Another curious thing I thought was how parallel this verse is to another. Um, does the part of a friend lifting a heel against me sound familiar? 
John 13, 18, Jesus speaking, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. You notice in quoting the psalm, Jesus does not refer to himself trusting Judas. David and Athapel, Athapel must both have felt this betrayed against each other. A prophecy concerning betrayal of Judas and Jesus when he has spoken of one of his disciples betraying him made reference to this as a prophecy. David admits his sin, but he pleads to God for his mercy. You know, remembering your own sin in, in a trial when you think the world's against you, that, that, takes, that takes a great deal of character to do that. I mean, and really, it's only through the Lord can you do something like that. And if you want to seek after the Lord, you've you got to come clean of your own sin. Psalms 41.10, I like to think it's better here, but Psalms 41.10, But you, O Lord, be merciful to me, and raise me up, that I may repay them. David admit, admitted his sin, but he pleads and prays to God for his mercy. I can't speak enough about how important this is in our daily prayer life. If we are to truly pray for our enemies, like I said before, we have to keep this in mind. We need to be confessing our sins and pleading for God's mercy. Now, what kind of repayment was David expecting for his enemies? That's a good study for another time. But for this, before we pray for our enemies, we need to come before the Lord and confess our own sins and ask for his mercy. And you do that as a practice, you will see the change in your heart. And in Psalms 41.11, By this I know that you are well pleased with me, because my enemy does not triumph, triumph over me. Lord, this is how I know you fa- your favor is upon me. I am still alive. I'm not dead. I'm not happy about my circumstances, and that's something we need to remember. I may not be happy about my circumstances, but I'm still alive. And I'm in the, this seat, and I'm reading your word, and I'm reminded daily of all the mighty things you've done in our lives. How many, how many trials or spiritual warfare we experienced in hindsight that weren't so bad? Um, in the Lord's words, receiving the Lord's grace and mercy, this was David's conclusion. I mean, I mean what, what, I, what I mean by that is you think about all the trials you've gone through through your life. And I, I, in my young walk as a, a Christian, I use that loosely, I don't know that I wouldn't go through some of the trials that I've been through, Right? Um, some of those trials help, help to point out my own faults, most of them actually, <laughs> and, uh, but help me in my walk and help me go closer to the Lord. You know, and, and that's one of the biggest reasons why we go through trials is so that we learn to lean on the Lord more and not our own understanding and not our own means and not our own preparing or prepping, right? But it's that, that, that walk, that relationship with the Lord that really counts. In Psalms 41.12 as for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Lord, I'm always within your view. Never forget me. Integrity is such an important word, uh, especially when it's used next to the Lord's name. I mean, if you really want to work, if you really want to work, um, if you want to talk about your Christian walk, focus on that verse on that word right there, integrity. 
I have come to understand that as meaning, as that meaning we do when we, no one else is looking. Integrity is basically what, what we do when no one else is looking. So you have garbage in your hand, no one's looking, you throw it on the ground, you're a person of low integrity, right? Or the shopping cart analogy. I don't know if anybody's heard the shopping cart analogy. If you're out in the middle of the parking lot and nobody's around, do you return your shopping cart? There's no crime that says you can't return the shopping cart, but you know, and it was a really easy thing not to do. But now somebody's like, what is he saying I got poor integrity because I didn't return the shopping cart? But it, it's just an analogy that, you know, what you're doing when nobody's looking. But the interesting thing with God, though, is he's always looking. And he always knows where we stand. And the reality is, when we're talking about righteousness and just holiness, and when I think about godly integrity, I, I, can never, I can never get there. Ne not without the Lord and not without Christ's sacrifice. Remember the, the justifier? The just justifying the unjust? That's us. 41.13 Blessed be the Lord of God of Israel for everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. I wanted to go back and, and revisit now that we've gone through um, Psalm 41, I wanted to go back and revisit um, 1 Peter 1, 6-9. And I, I know I read verse 6, but I'll read all of 6-9. And it kind of gives you a little different perspective now that we've read through it. Uh, verse 6 reads, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And then also I want to read again James one, two through eight. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be per perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. These two per portions of scripture um, are highlighted multiple times in my Bible. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've shared them a couple times in other uh, messages it's because faith with our, our doubting, faith without doubting is so important getting through trials. Regardless of what kind of comfort state we are in in any point of our lives, we need to be, we need to be found praising and honoring and glorifying Jesus. And the biggest part of that is the first thing that we do, how we, well, not prepare, but respond to those trials, right? Going before the Lord in prayer. And that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Um, we're going to take 10, 15 minutes, however, whatever, whatever it takes. But um, 
here at Calvary Chapel, Wednesdays nights, we usually uh, a prayer, intercessory prayer, uh, however the Lord leads you. Um, and then once it's settled down, I'll come back up and pray us out. Uh, make sure you pray loud enough so that we could all share and lifting up your prayers. And, um, and then we'll uh, carry on the rest of the night. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, um, again, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the many trials you put us through, Lord. Uh, though they don't make us uh, comfortable or we're uncomfortable at times, Lord, we thank you for the trials, Lord, that help us to seek after you first, Lord. And we don't always do that, Lord. Um, you are always there to, uh, to bend an ear for us, Lord. So we, we thank you for that, Lord. So as we uh, go forward here tonight, Lord, and uh, lift up these prayers, Lord, we just pray that you'd hear them, Lord. Um, we thank you for this, this uh, avenue we have to come before you, Lord, straight to you, Lord, just taking our petitions to you, uh, not just ourselves, but our neighbors, Lord, or even our enemies, Lord. Uh, so we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. In your name we pray. Amen.